2: A lot of talk about my guest today as he enters the free agency once again for the first time in almost three years. He's the master of his own destiny. We'll see uh, what destiny that shakes up and shapes down to be. We'll ask him. He's here. Sammy Callahan's on Cultaholic. How you doing, Sammy?
1: You already messed it up, Tom Campbell, like the soup. <laughs> it's, not, it's not the first time I've been a free agent three years. This is the first time I've been a free agent in almost over 10 years. First wow. time I'm willing to do some independent dates. In over three years, you got that part of it right, but you messed the rest up. But I'm doing great. How you doing? I saw your big news. I want to say congratulations. I saw your video. Oh you my. crying online. Look, <laughs> I, I I cry with movies all the time. Anytime, like, I, I ain't harping on you for that. Like, I have to the point in my life, maybe it's because I've had so many damn head injuries. Anytime there's a feel-good moment in a movie or a, fuck, a commercial at this point, like, I'm going to tear up a little bit. I am happy for you, man. I could tell how much that meant to you. So congratulations.
2: Bless you. Thank you so much, Sammy. That means a lot. Uh, you're, you're not long back from Graceland. Uh, you've got to talk to us about Graceland. How was that for you? Uh, amazing and
1: terrifying all at the same point. When we first landed at the airport, so many people that like when we had to get on the uh, shuttle to go to the hotel because the hotel was kind of connected to the airport was down the road, they said, don't go outside at night. And we're like, what? Like if you're gonna go out, don't go out by yourself. Apparently that's a terrible area, and I had no idea. <laughs> really? But it's so beautiful. There's so much stuff to do right there with like Graceland, Elvis's mansion, all the different museums, all the different areas. But apparently the road that that's on terrible neighborhood. Who would have thought?
2: Jeez, you'd have thought when well, they've been where you know the the you know the the spiritual home of, of Elvis Presley, they'd they'd have some security in there. But apparently not. No, just yeah, they're like you do, take you take your life in your hotel, own hands.
1: Our hotel was gated. You had to, like, go through a security checkpoint to get through the gate to get to our hotel. Like, and I was like, I had no idea, but I was like, Graceland, this is going to be fun. Like, it was fun, but I didn't expect people in our shuttle to be like, yo, don't go outside by yourself at night.
2: What was the highlight of the trip to Graceland?
1: Bro, just seeing Elvis's entire mansion, everything about him, I didn't know him and his entire family is buried in the backyard. That's wild. he he is buried (laughs) along with almost all of his family in the backyard of the mansion they're like no i bought this it's it's going with me but life after he did like some straight pharaoh and egyptian shit where he's like i'm taking all my stuff with me <laughs> you're <laughs> burying me in the backyard.
2: uh you packed your bag you're taking your shit with you now uh first time in 10 years sammy callahan's been a free agent i got it right a second time around uh how did you mark the moment the clock struck midnight uh, and what were the feelings when it finally did
1: Yo, I was watching Black Mirror. I didn't even know why. New season of <laughs> which Black Mirror. Kate? Which one? Which one ago. were you watching? I uh, Dude, we watched all the new episodes yesterday, and they're all brilliant. The episode about Lock, is uh, is Lock something, but it was about the Loch Ness town. Uh, oh, and- yeah Bro, the whole, the, the entire thing was, this is really slow. What is it? What's going to be the turn? And then the turn at the end? I was that last thing I was expecting. I was like, there's going to be something paranormal. <laughs> there's going to be something. Something's going to come out of these videotapes. Didn't happen. Complete opposite. It was. terrible. It was,
2: there was something about when they were going through those videotapes of that old TV show, On, I thought, is that important? I feel like they've lingered on that for a minute. I feel like that's important. And then lo and behold, I don't want to say too much more in case it's spoilers, um, but the videotapes are important in that particular episode. Um, 100%. I- Great, A gr- great way to mark the occasion, because I know that like we were, we were watching the clock countdown and it struck, and then uh, all of a sudden the world is once again your oyster. You're coming off a really long run with Impact Wrestling. Uh, it saw you bring Ohio versus everything to the main stage. It saw you competing in a litany of street fights, barbed wire rope matches, Monsters Ball in there as well. You became Impact Champion, uh, a run that led to a, a very memorable rivalry with Tessa Blanchard as well. Uh, with all of that behind you, Uh, what led to you, what led to the decision that you were going to hit the free agent market again?
1: Look, it was one of those things where I broke my leg, my contract got extended. My contract was supposed to end December of last year. Mm. And uh, I, I don't think just me, I think the office itself, I think we all kind of forgot that like time was running, time was running. It was kind of a decision that happened rather quickly uh we started t- not negotiations with my contract we just couldn't come to terms like I have no hard feelings with impact I love impact still my friends still my family I hope they do extremely well but it was it was time for me to move on uh we had talks couldn't come to terms that's that's the easiest way to put it like because there is no hard feelings we just couldn't agree on a new contract because there's a lot of stuff they are doing right now that I feel like there's so much of the budget going so many different places and I fell into a point where right when my contract didn't Probably wasn't the best place to to end a contract, as far as negotiations go.
2: Uh, so coming away from that, from that uh, that impressive run that you had, uh, that game changing run you had with them, what would you say was your proudest achievement from your time with Impact, Sammy?
1: Uh, people can talk about matches, world championship. I talk about being one of the people. I feel like I was part of the reason Impact Wrestling got saved. Like, Impact Wrestling was in a terrible position with the old regime. The new regime came in with Scott Demore, Don Callis, and all those guys. And I always said, like, and I've said this in interviews before, but, like, having a world championship or match of the year, wrestler of the year, moment of the year, which I want all of them, on your resume is great. But having on my resume is like, yo, when people look back at this 10, 20, 30 years from now, they're going to say, yo, Sammy Callahan was one of the people that helped save Impact Wrestling. I truly believe that.
2: Uh, and that they will and looking ahead now as we say the world is your oyster from here there's obviously a few names a few promotions that come up in terms of where your wrestling work will take you i'll talk non-wrestling in a minute as well uh i want to i want to mention New japan you're no stranger you and juice robinson in the world tag league in 2017 uh is there I, i feel like japan would be a nice fit for you if that would be something that would be of a consideration to you at this point
1: Look, I'm not against anything. Like I said earlier on, I've wrestled for every major wrestling company on the planet at this point. Mm. Uh, There's a lot of rumblies going on. I have a lot of fans and a lot of friends and a lot of different promotions. Right now, I like the entire aura and the feeling that you never know where I'm going to show up, whether it be in a top independent promotion, whether it be on national television. I have the connections. I have the body of work. You honestly do not know where I'm going to show up next. And I think that that's invaluable.
2: Uh, how much of a we were talking about you know friends in in, in places all across the wrestling landscape. John Moxley uh, is a longtime friend of yours, a co conspirator with Revolver, and he's based in AEW at the moment. Uh, how much of him did you sort of did you speak to regarding this change to your career? Did you did you seek advice or counsel from John Moxley at all in all of this?
1: Look, I'm very rare. I've never been that person to be the person to like. It. Try to talk about my career of other people. Like, cause like I like everything that I do to be based on my own merit, to be based on everything else that I have in life. Like I've never been one of those guys. I don't know why. I believe hard work rises to the top, cream rises to the top, you work hard, you get rewarded. It's one of those things, like, whether it be mocks, whether it be people in WWE, whether it be people in MLW, people in New Japan, like I've set up my body of work and I've proven over the past couple of years, like my fingerprint is all over professional wrestling, whether it be independence or national television. There's so many people, so many things that I have really helped bring to the forefront or really helped and visualize that is like now being seen all over the wrestling world. That's something no one could ever take away from.
2: Uh, It was 10 years since you were last uh, a free agent and the industry has changed seismically since you were last on the free agent market. You know, we're only a few days really into uh, this this new chapter in your career. Uh, But is there anything that you've noticed or observed about how different being a free agent in 2023 is compared to being a free agent in 2012?
1: It's different because the words at her fingertip, this little box right here, my phone, Mm -hmm. like anything I could ever want to watch or do or say or connect with is right here. It's really crazy. When you think about it, you watch back to the future in the eighties and they're talking on the we're seeing the video calls We're like, oh, that's the future. We're living in that moment right now. We are legitimately living in that moment of time. Uh, right now it's different because everything is streamed. Everything is online. Back when I first got into independent wrestling, it might be three, four, five months before you got a DVD or a VHS of your match on it. Now, anything you do can be uploaded at a matter of seconds and connect with the entire wrestling world. You look at some of the independent people that are blowing up right now, a guy like Dan and uh, it, it, it may not have like connected with people if this would have been 10, 15 years ago, because we didn't have Twitter. Like it was, we didn't have YouTube. He made himself a star without any television exposure. He became one of the number one sellers on pro wrestling tees and was one of the most, Talked about performers in the world of professional wrestling before he even signed with AEW. That's how crazy the entire wrestling landscape is. Like people can make themselves their own stars. People can put out the content that they want to present their own self. Like people are creative now, and I love seeing the creativity in wrestling at the moment.
2: And that's the thing because we you know. Let's let's wind it back to uh, the last time you were a free agent, and it was sort of in the wake of your run with NXT as uh, uh, Solomon Crow. We hardly knew you, uh, and as you leave that system, there isn't like the 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 communication and the connection that we have now in place. And there's a real fear, I imagine, at that point of you leave a big system like that and you just dissolve into the atmosphere and nobody hears from you again. That must have been a bit of a, a concern you. No, I wasn't of you. scared
1: at all. Then. Nah, and, like, ready my to go. free agency goes even before that because you got to think I was signed with Dragon Gate Evolve uh, and WWN before that. I legit went from Dragon Gate Evolve to WWE, to being a small free agent for a couple weeks before signing with Lucha Underground, Lucha Underground Impact Wrestling. Like, this is the first time since I was in my adolescence that I've legitimately been a free agent and, like, had the capability to do whatever the hell I want to do. And back then, in 2016, I wasn't scared at all. Like, I am very confident in my own merit, not only as a professional wrestler. I've taught myself every job in professional wrestling. Pretty much every video in Revolver, I edit. All the graphics, nine times out of ten, I edit. Uh, I've taught myself marketing. I've taught myself promoting. I've taught myself writing. I feel like I can do any job in professional wrestling at this moment and do it damn well. And compared to then, compared to now, then I was like 100% like, I'm a, I'm a professional wrestler. Now I am into entity all on its own. I am a true Swiss army knife, a professional wrestling. I know there's people on the independence that's saying that good for them. Like, I am a true Swiss army knife. You name a job.
2: And you running, you and Mox getting behind with the Wrestling Revolver is a big part of making that happen. You become masters of your own destiny with that one. Uh, now, now that you can really laser focus more of your time into it, what is the the Wrestling Revolver mission statement going into 2024?
1: Look, it's always been the same thing since day one. It's wrestling for our generation, buyer generation, guys like myself, Moxley, other people that. I have been with revolver since day one we want to give the wrestling world what our generation sees professional wrestling as there's so much in this business and nothing against for a lack of better terms the old-time veterans like they have their vision of what professional wrestling is i think it's time that our generation gets our chance to show like yo we're taking the keys to the castle and we're showing the entire wrestling world what we believe professional wrestling is, what the next evolution of professional wrestling is. And that's what Revolver's been since day one. I like consider it the buffet of professional wrestling. It has its own aura. You like hardcore, we got it. You like technical, we got it. You like Lucha Libre, we got it. You like comedy, we got it. You like amazing women's wrestling, you got it. Like a little bit of everything. It's not just one style, as well as going around with the in-ring work. Like it's all about presentation, all about setting that mood. Uh, me growing up as a huge independent wrestling fan, I used to go to all the Ring of Honor shows in Dayton, Ohio, back in like 04, 05, 06. uh, And that really molded like what I think the presentation of a wrestling show should be. Like I really try to mold after that. I don't want my shows just to be a a black curtain, no lights and just bright and people on a microphone. I want my wrestling shows to be like a rock concert. I want people to come in, whether there'd be good wrestling or not, at the end of the show they're like that was an experience because that's what i believe professional wrestling is it's not about just having good matches it's about making moments and making people feel something that they'll never forget
2: and there's a big weekend coming up for revolver which i want to talk on in a second but i want to ask you about non-wrestling pursuits now that you're you're back on the free agent market obviously more time for bengals games which is important
1: uh, there was time for Bengals games beforehand, bro. Like I ain't missing Bengals game Even though we were we're fucking sucking this year so far. I still have a little bit of faith. I turned the game off yesterday, missed me off. I was still a diehard Bengals fan. I was a Bengals fan when we we're known as the Bungles. So whether it's good or bad, I'm gonna love the Bengals. Uh, but are there other are there non-wrestling things that you're looking to pursue now? 100 percent man. Uh so before I was like all in on wrestling, like I did go to college for a while for film, digital media design. I ended up dropping out to be a professional wrestler. I ended up working out for me. Could have went the opposite way, but I always had faith in myself that it was going to work out. Uh, I I I want to make a movie. I want to make. A, I I really want to edit a documentary. Like going forward, like I think that's going to be one of the things. Not only with what I'm producing in professional wrestling, I wanna produce an art form. And I've got extremely into documentary work and found footage movies. Like I th- I think of the next couple of years is something I'm 100% gonna put a lot of time and effort into. And I think it's something like, I think I'm to the point, like I can produce something that people will truly like think is remarkable, resonate, connect with them. Uh, hell, if you look at like, we're promoting the Women's Grand Prix tournament for Revolver this, this year. If you look at all those videos, uh, we did these one-minute profile pieces with Renee Pequet. I shot, produced, helped write, and edited all those videos. Like, because I find that just as gratifying now as professional wrestling.
2: Uh, you mentioned about putting together a documentary. Uh, is there a, is there a story that you want to tell? Uh, in the front of your mind when you talk about making... I've
1: been talking history. about this for years I want to do a documentary on M Dog 20 because he is a dude that for my generation is one of the most influential dudes in professional wrestling I don't think people realize like how much he's really had a hand in the dude has just like masterfully just worked all around the world for every major promotion on the planet and I don't think he gets the praise he deserves dude's been uh, somehow been a part of everything and like, I think he's a really cool story to tell that still now, even though he, he's getting a little more up there in age, he's still a journeyman. He's still traveling the world. He's he's on the road more than he's at home. And I think that's such a cool like story that can be told and should be told.
2: Uh, going into this weekend, as you were talking, the Women's Grand Prix, the first part of a, a two show special on Saturday for Revolver. Uh, now, putting together this Women's Grand Prix, uh, looking at the bracketology for it, you've got legends like Amy Sakura. You've got up and comers, or, uh, or here nowers, rather like Billy Starks. Hard hitters like Jake and I and Marina Shafir. Uh, what goes into. Planning a tournament like this with such a a cross-section, it really fits the the Revolver mission statement as like, you know, a bit of everything for everyone all the time. But what goes into planning a tournament like this?
1: Look, this is something me and Moxley's been talking about for like a year and a half at this point. Uh, We took great disregard on like so many different indie companies being like, oh, it's so hard to run a women's wrestling tournament. There's not enough talent out there. There is. Like 100% there is. And we're going to prove that. There's so many people in that tournament that have a chip on their shoulder. And it really is in 2023, the term women's wrestling, it shouldn't be just women's wrestling. It should just be professional wrestling. Like specifically in 2023, you see women main eventing wrestling promotions all over the planet. Like it, it it's about time that it's just called professional wrestling.
2: So um, before I came on with you today, uh, this inc- incredible video package that showcases Marina Shafir, another one that really you'd have thought would have held more gold by now, like over overdue something like that. Uh, that video you say about putting together video packages—is that another one that you've put together? This incredible package about Shafir.
1: Oh, 100%. Like Marina is a project that me and Moxley have kind of taken under our wing. She is someone that we think can be extremely pivotal in the business. And she's that next evolution of professional wrestling. All these girls want to talk about, oh, I'm a badass. I'm a badass. If push comes to shove, Marina Shafir is one of the the baddest out there. Like, like a remarkable athlete, a pioneer in women's MMA. And I think she is just just on the cusp and just now realizing how big of a star and how inclement she could be to professional wrestling. And I think she is going to like continue to get better and better and better and better and grow. Like one of my favorite women professional wrestlers to watch right now. And and such a person that has a good head on their shoulder. I think Marina Shafir, just like every other girl that we've booked in this tournament, Billy Starks, who I've had a hand in and known her since she was 14 years old. There's a clip that went viral a couple of weeks ago that, It was me with her at 14 years old. I was like, yo, this girl's going to be a big deal one day. You could tell back then when she first got in the wrestling business. Girls like Janai Kai, having a legend like Emi Sakura, who the United States wrestling fans may not know for how great and how pivotal she is for Joshi Wrestling in Japan. Like, every girl we put in this tournament is for a reason. I think they're going to knock it out of the damn park. Uh,
2: On the evening, it's uh, Revolver presenting Redemption. Lucha Street Fight, El Gringo Lunko versus John Moxley, part of Redemption. Is there concerns for Mox? Because obviously a few weeks ago he took a, a pretty bad fall during his match on Dynamite. What's his status for the weekend? Yo, Mox is Mox, man. You know, yeah. there's – anytime you book Mox, there you, you don't know what the status is. I call him the Bill
1: Murray of professional wrestling because he's <laughs> just going to show up to shows. Like you, He's one of those people you'll send a text message to like Bill Murray on his old-ass answering machine. Okay, we have a movie. Doesn't answer, doesn't respond may or may not show up like that's moxley really is that kind of entity and enigma and like he is the definition of what a true
2: journeyman
1: of professional wrestling is
2: uh other matches that you're excited about for redemption Look, you, you, you didn't
1: night. even mention one of the biggest one tato from
2: noah making his american
1: wrestling debut for wrestling revolver. That is a huge one. He is one of my favorite guys in Noah right now. I can't believe he's never wrestled in the United States and getting a chance to have him come to America and debut in the United States for us is absolutely huge. There's not a lot of promotions on the planet that have been able to pull that off. Like how did that come about? Absolutely. Amazing. It's one of those things. Everything just lined up and fell into the right thing. He's working for border city wrestling the day before in Canada. I happen to have a show the next day started hitting up all my contacts. We made, he's a guy that I've been wanting to bring in for months and get a chance to bring him in is great. And like so many people like, oh, you should book him against this star or this name or this guy on television. And I went, no, Like, I'm going to book him against one of the guys that I think should be on television, a guy that I think is one of the best unsigned, untapped professional wrestlers in the United States right now, and JT Dunn. I think a lot of people are going to wake the hell up and realize just how good JT Dunn really is.
2: It's great when you talk about the card because the passion that comes through in it is, is so apparent uh, and it's great to see uh, a star from Noah getting a show in, in a, over here in the States going into next year. Are there, there's bound to be a list of names that you want to get on revolver shows that you've not got yet.
1: Dude, we've, we are in a rare position through my connections and my just whatever I've put into the business. I've got extremely lucky that we have good relationships with almost every wrestling promotion on the planet. Uh, We're one of the only independent companies on the planet that you're going to see guys from New Japan, NOAA, AEW, Impact Wrestling, New, like every wrestling company on the planet under one roof, as well as like guys that I think are on the next level on the up and coming guys that are top independent professional wrestlers in the world today. Uh, I think the biggest thing going into next year is this year we ran more shows than we ever have. I think people have finally opened their eyes and we're getting the credit we deserve as one of the top independent promotions on the planet today. Uh, I'm a big analytics guy. You look at the analytics, the numbers don't lie in the words of Scott Steiner and our analytics right now are through the roof. And I think, ending the year with the shows that we have planned hell in December, we have Mo Chizuki coming in to wrestle speedball, Mike Bailey for the first time. Like these are matches. You're not going to see anywhere else going into next year. The plan is more markets, more areas, more shows. Hell we might even come to the UK next year. That's something I'm working on.
2: Ah, we'd love to see you in the UK. Who are some of those talents from this side of the water that you would love to see on a UK version of wrestling revolver?
1: subculture is like one of my number ones like yeah. go to no matter what like i love those guys i think they're brilliant i i wish they're making millions upon millions of dollars right now they're guys i've known since they were younger and coming to america for the first time guys like i think you have to bring up a guy like trent seven it blows my mind that he's not somewhere else now he's so pivotal like to when wrestling blew up so much in the uk you look at those that core group of british strong style like and he was like at, at the forefront of that. There's so many good guys in the UK right now that I don't like. UK, like a couple years ago, was like on top of the rest of the world. Things went down a bit. Like guys like Wild Boar, absolutely love. I feel like Wild Boar should be absolutely everywhere. There's so many good guys in the UK still that I'd love to bring over to the United States. A guy like another one that I call a number one draft pick, the Drilla Dan Maloney. Like oh, dude, God. still young, a absolute monster. Like it absolutely has everything going.
2: He's got bigger as well lately. My God. I saw it. I I, I I met
1: him when he was like 11 years old. And to (laughs) see what he grew into
2: blew my mind. He's, as he's a, would a say, big boy now. He as we say over here, he, he's he's a guy who's had his Wheatabix. Uh He's he's a massive boy at the moment, uh, and uh, massive things for Wrestling Revolver going into twenty twenty four. People need to get on this if they're not here already. Where can people go to find out everything about Wrestling Revolver and get tickets for this weekend? More importantly, everything social media wise at PW Revolver. We're on everything: Facebook, TikTok, X, Instagram,
1: all that fun stuff. We have a website. Not a lot of companies have websites anymore. I'm a fan of websites Check out the website, prowrestlingrevolver.com. Big YouTube channel. All of, We we upload free matches all the time. Yesterday, I just uploaded Club for the Rascals for free because why the hell not? But this weekend, October 8th, we have a double shot. We have the Women's Grand Prix at 3 p.m. with the special guest ambassador, Renee Poquet. And then later on that night, 8 p.m., we have Revolver Redemption with Cato, Moxley, Gringo, and a whole heap of amazing talent check it out i guarantee you if you've never checked out the wrestling revolver before if you check out one of these shows you'll be a fan for life and for a lack of better terms you got to cross the line it feels hey, good
2: stand by because the death machine is kicking into fifth gear on the free agent market sammy callahan it is an honor and a privilege as always to have your energy as part of cultaholic wrestling thanks for coming on sir. awesome anytime